Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is a thing. Hello, everyone. While this episode is about the complexities of sibling relationships and the ways in which we can heal said relationships, this episode also touches upon some childhood traumas of my own, and they include sexual abuse, molestation, and rape. Um, This episode is not centered around those traumas, but they are brought up in order to provide context for the relationship between my sister and I. I feel that it is extremely important that everyone protect their own peace and move at their own pace when it comes to their healing journeys. If you feel that this episode may trigger you in any way, please feel free to skip it and join us next week. Thank you. Yizzo! Um, Shanti is in here. <laughs> That's why there was no awkward pause and then, hi Shanti. Um, today... I am here with a special guest. We like the guest. Shanti is actually vending um, a Dune Day and other events in Philly right now and is hella busy. So this was a great opportunity to have a special guest on. And today, my special guest is, drum roll, brrr, I'll put it in there, uh, my sister. Hey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for this episode. Dun dun dun. She is um have you ever been on a podcast before? No. Okay. So this is her first time on a podcast. And um she is her name is Tami Tina. Um her full name is Celestine. Um Celestine. How do you say it? Celestine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> ah, ah. Oh, on my birth certificate, wait, what? my name is Celestine. It's not Celestine? No. So the accent is one Celestine. Celestine. Are you sure? I'm positive. Well, I mean, you can you can pronounce it Celestine, Celestine. Yeah, because I've you heard can do, but Dad I, say it differently. Because Dad says my name differently and Mom says my name differently. Yeah, they were trying to be fancy with our names. That's the problem. They didn't really... <laughs> well, I'm no, I'm mad. actually named after Grandmom, so... Yeah, you're named after Celestine. Grandma. I'm named after Grandpa. But everybody calls... Grandmom Celeste. Right. Mm-hmm. So Celeste. So Celestine. That's Celestine. What? <laughs> doesn't matter. It does matter. Welcome How to learning Can I call name. you Tina? I'm not calling you, Cel- no, you Celestine. It's weird if you call me Celestine. I don't I've know who calling me Tina my whole life. Don't call me Tina. Because she didn't like Celestine back in the day. I didn't know who I was for a long time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Escalating. You're getting right to it. Um <laughs> All right. So, yes, Tina is on the podcast today. Um, I should I just want to share a couple things really quickly. Um, we just spent the day. It's not funny. I'm actually so y'all as y'all will y'all probably saw last week I posted a rant, a bit of a rant about my hair and it's cut. 
We just took the day to drive to New Jersey to this salon that via Instagram is bomb. Yeah, the pictures on Instagram, all of First these of all, girls look I don't fly. Even, I don't even know why you're talking because your hair is gorgeous. The cut is gorgeous. The it, hair is gorgeous. She, she didn't, didn't retain even, the length like I asked. Child, but, my sister's okay. hair is literally past her bra strap right now. Talk about she didn't retain the length. My hair was longer and I told her that I was filming something in three days and she still chopped it. But it's okay. It's still long. It's I think still... she just layered the front, but okay. I'll rock with that. Okay. But we can all agree I think everybody can agree that the bitch took... She cut too much of your hair. She, yeah. Thank you. This lady, and I said that I wanted to retain my length, she cut at least four inches off my the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been actively working to grow my hair for the last, I want to say, four to five years. Like, I have not been cutting it. I've been, like, taking care of it. My hair does not grow very easily. It's very thin, so it breaks off easily. So I've been really doing a lot of work. You've seen me in the knotless braids, the straight backs, everything, just trying to protect my hair. All so that I could finally one day get my the front of my hair shaped. I just wanted a little bit of layers in the back and then the front of my hair, some layers in the front to shape that up. Sis gave me a whole new look. I am back. I look like the way I looked in high school when I first big chopped and it grew out a little bit. That's where I'm at. This is where I'm starting from. I'm 31 years old and I'm back to being 15. And I'm, it's traumatizing. I don't think it's that drastic. but it, I can't even put cut- my hair in a high bun and have it look right. It's It won't even stay. You will need some bobby pins now. That is traumatic and upsetting. I agree. Um, so much, and then so much so that like I was getting the looks of pity, pity from the other stylists in there. Like, girl, she she messed you up because I had to come home and recurl my hair. So the video that you saw was me after I dunked my head in the sink and hurried up and diffused it really quickly. So I'm just just I'm just trying to submit and be like, oh, I'm not my hair, and I'm being a. I'm sure to some I'm being a brat. But, like, after you've invested money, time, and energy into something, and then to have this one human just go and take it away from you after you and her agreed that you were going to, you had a game plan, and they just veered off, it's upsetting. Hair is such a thing for women. Not for all women. Some women don't. They're not attached to to their hair. But I think for a lot of the women in that we know hair is a thing and to trust somebody to cut your hair is huge for so long I never went to a salon because I was like you're not cutting my hair and every time that I did go I usually left feeling the way you feel now like betrayed almost like you did not listen to what I asked and you just took a lot of time and effort away from me but I do think that there are a lot of vitamins and supplements and things that you have taken and that you can resume taking that will speed up the process more than in the past. I, I just think that it'll be a faster process for you than I understand. Before. I just don't feel like I should have to do that. I agree. When I just pay money for something. But, you know, um, that is the world that we live in today. So, <laughs> <laughs> by the time this comes out, it'll be a week from this cut, and I'm just hoping and praying and wishing that I will be in a better place. If anybody is interested in the salon that I went to, um, feel free to email or DM. That email is atwcpod 
at gmail.com um, or DM us. And I'll be happy to tell you. I'm not going to, because they do an excellent, all the other ladies the, I was there, looking at everybody else looking fat. We walked in and it was like curly girl heaven. Oh my God. Their cuts <laughs> what were happened? gorgeous. I mean, just I, our hair is thinner? I like, literally, I think that's what it is. Because we I think they cut. for biracial people. Well, we got to know what we're doing first. I think that they <laughs> were, they were cutting like Dominican, Puerto Rican, yeah. like very just still silk like that her hair was silky Mm -hmm. the girl that we were looking there was a girl in there she had this super voluminous hair it was silky but it was thick and I think they do better with thick when you go in there and you have like thin like they can shape the hell out of some thick hair like Mm -hmm. gorgeous cuts Mm -hmm. for us still searching I think I might just have to go to my white cousins and let them cut my hair because I, I just feel like that's that's closer to what they know. Anyway, that's not that we're not gonna see her talk about hair the whole time. Now. Okay. Um. Mm, so, <laughs> Tina and I are sisters. Tina is she likes to say she's four years older than me. She's really four and a half, but it's okay. Um. Yes, yeah, she's she's my older sister. A lot of people get that confused. A lot because of people you like to <laughs> present yourself as the oldest. <laughs> like to be the oldest. Some people they're getting better now. They're lives. like, who's the oldest? Now they'll say who's the oldest, but mm-hmm. usually they assume that it's me. Mm-hmm. Um but Tina and I have, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we have had a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um between us. Um we have not a lot always of spoken stuff. A lot of it wasn't always like on the surface either. But yeah, a lot it of wasn't stuff. on the surface, but it was palpable. Yeah, um, you could feel it in a room. Shout, you could cut it with a knife. You could. <laughs> um, we've had a lot of stuff, and we are actively working through that stuff. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there. I think that we're not the only ones dealing with that as sisters, and I believe that depending on the environment that you grow up in, just outside circumstances, whatever, whatever, what have you, there's a lot of stuff between siblings. Um, And you always love your sibling. There was never a point where I was like, oh, I don't fuck with her, I don't talk to her. Well, there was a time when I wasn't talking to you. But I still had you called me. Mm -hmm. You knew you could call me, you know, at any time. When were you not talking to me? Was it in college? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Well, why'd you ask (laughs) <laughs> I was just because I gotta double check and make sure that said, when was she my experience was we have we probably have, have different, different experiences we do I'm I'm almost positive well, we, we do get so, into so that. I'm just checking to make sure I was on the right track with college when, you were not when I was in college not when you were in college yeah. and it wasn't I wasn't speaking to you I just had a little distance um, was it because also because of the horrible relationship I was in or was it was it a lot of things just, can we just Okay. You skip it the timeline. I mean, there's a we might need a part two. There's a lot. We might. We might. And if we that'd be great content. But no, seriously, I think that there's a lot of stuff that um siblings deal with. And I think that it would might be helpful, not just for us and for listeners, for fellow around the way curls to hear our stuff and know that they're not alone. And then also hear the stuff, the ways in which we've tried to heal our relationship and mend it. So, Tina, take it away. Oh. <laughs> I don't know where to start. I mean, you were here before me. Uh, oh, okay. We're going to take it all the way back. <laughs> I mean, back into Because you like to bring up the fact, you like to bring well, up I what Dad that, did at okay, the hospital. Okay, so I really, think, and- I really think that to preface how you were introduced to me in this life mm-hmm. kind of sets the tone for 
what was to become of some of our interaction. Um, first of all, before you were here, <laughs> I was, I think I, I, you know, it's interesting. I listened to your, I listened to your, all of you and Shanti's episodes. I listened to uh, the podcast faithfully. And there was one episode where Shanti was talking about Jolie. And I hope this is okay to, to bring back up, but she was talking about Jolie being raised. Jolie. Jolie, excuse me. Jolie being raised in. That's probably wrong. No, you got to get it right. Celestine. No, Jolie. it's probably wrong. Jolie's right. probably wrong, but I don't know. Jolie. She was talking about her being raised in insecurity. And I, when she said that, like my heart kind of sank and I kind of teared up a little bit because I remember just being raised in a lot of fear. Like in insecure circumstances between insecure, mom and dad. Oh, yeah. Like, for so many reasons. Like, I mean, I can't imagine what mom was going through being pregnant with me, being 22 old years she old. 22? She was 22 years old, pregnant with me, uh, about, black about to be married to a black man. And her family had disowned her to a point. They weren't really messing with her. I mean, this is they the story that I was told. They, they Yeah. And then once mom was pregnant, then they were like, okay. I guess this is this is going to be a thing. Like, had Grandpa passed before yes. you were born? Yes. Okay. So, and they blamed just for just for some. That was the story. The story that, was that that there were some, some folks there was in some, the family blame that tried mom, to tell my mother that her father passed away as a he died of heartache. But you know what? I don't. I don't think that anybody said that of out that. of. What do I know? But I don't think anybody said that out of. But wait, like a he died out of heart of her being with, being a, with black a black man. man. But I think that they were saying that out of anger, like knowing our family now, I'm like in the heat of the moment being yeah. hurt and just lashing out. Mm-hmm. I'm like And I, wanting to protect her yeah. from what they thought was like a bad decision. Yeah. Everyone's shifted, guys. Yeah, like, like and you know, this is how many years ago? A long time ago. But and you know, even in terms of all the healing that has been done in that way, you know, and and that with that family, like it, it's a process. But I think looking back, like I was raised in so much insecurity and fear, like from mom, especially from mom, but from dad too. And they taught me to be afraid of a lot of things. So I think starting out like that, I was extremely shy. I was extremely afraid of what everybody thought of me. You were very similar to Julie. Yeah, like when I met Jolie and you guys were like, Jolie, I remember you being like, why are you looking at her like that? And I was like, oh my God, because she reminds me of me. And it was, it was, it was like a weird creepy. moment. I don't know why you say that. It makes me feel like It was like the way was you were weird. looking at her. You were like, it was strange. You were just Because it was almost like I was looking at myself and I was like, this is very narcissistic. Let me stop. <laughs> but I, there was like a soul recognition type of mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. That, I, that, that I had. Um, anyway, so before you came around... Like, my mom got pregnant with me. That was a surprise. But you were intentional. Mom wanted to have another baby. Why? She, now, she wanted to have another baby, but she did say that, and she should not say it this way. But she, she still said, says it. I know. She's, I, I'm like, you can't say it like that. But she said that she wanted me to have a sibling. A and friend. Somebody, she, to, somebody play to play with. But mom was one was of nine children. So for her having only one child, that was like, no, like I needed to have a companion in her mind at the time. So I filled a role. Go ahead. Continue. No, this is all valid for you too yep. in terms of like how you came. This is very valid for I what we're about to talk about. a role. Go ahead. Um, and from my perspective, you know, so I, I thought about this the other day. I'm like both mom and dad, neither one of them are like the oldest. 
And I think both of them have dealt with being compared to a sibling in some kind of way. So before you were born, dad especially was hype about me needing to learn to share and me needing to learn that I'm not about to be the only sibling and I'm about to have a, he always said a little brother because he swore you were going to be a boy and you're going to have a little brother and you have to share. And dad would go to those arcades where they had the little stuffed animal things that you like try to win with the claw. Mm -hmm. And he would win those all the time and he would bring them home and he would put them in my bedroom and put them in the windowsill and be like, don't touch that. That's for your little brother. I was four. I'm like, who puts... A toy in a kid's room, and it's like, don't touch that. That is for the imaginary See, sibling space that for me you were about to have. Before like, I even got here, he that's why that's Bay. He was. Meanwhile, mom was like, you are a toy for your sister no. to play with. It's like, go ahead. <laughs> so that that is how I remember it was. It was like, and they, and you know, dad, dad had a very, um, what's the word I want to use. He don't I, listen, so it's okay. Well, no, because I want to. I want to I, I justify it. I understand it. Like now that I'm older, I understand what the intention was. Sometimes Dad would uh, deal with things from a place of aggression, and he had a purpose behind it. But it was like I'm about to get into a whole other thing. But sometimes I just felt like he didn't see how how sensitive I was. I was such a sen- I still am. Very, 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 very sensitive. He didn't so, honor that. Yeah, so like for him being like, "Don't he, touch this toy," I'm like, to "Oh shit!" Like toughen you up. Yeah, too. he he was, and it didn't it didn't work that way for me. And what's it, crazy it worked is, a little bit. It did. Wait, work wait, a little can bit, I just actually. say, I just made Jolie cry by accident and felt terrible oh. the last oh. time she was visiting because I jokingly, I I don't even remember what I said. It was some kind of joke, and it hurt her feelings. And she was also like exhausted from the day mm-hmm. and was just like, "I'm tired." Mm-hmm. And emotional, and mm-hmm. it's past my bedtime. But I made her cry, and I was like, <gasps> oh, oh, and I almost God. cried looking at her. And I thought to myself, God damn it, Antoinette. <laughs> and that I'm so similar to dad in mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. of being like really aggressive and mm-hmm. not like taking Seeing the time to see, is. like, mm-hmm. oh, and like, because I, I just think I'm playing, like, mm-hmm. duh, of course I love mm-hmm. you. Um, but she definitely wept. And well, the good thing about it was that Shanti made her tell me how that made her feel and to stop. Mm. And I was like, absolutely. That's good, good for it was, Shanti. Shanti's yeah. such a good mom. Good like, she was like, how did that make you feel? Now, what do you need to ask Auntie Antoinette? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was just like, you can tell me when mm-hmm. I, if I hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. You can tell me that you need me to talk to you different, mm-hmm. that I can't play with you like that. And like... She got it, and then I got her, like, an ice cream cone, and she, like, dabbed me up, and it was cool. Like, But, like, still, like, she needed mm-hmm. to say that. So go ahead. That's yeah. that's very interesting Yeah, you just said that. And so, you know, I think that before you bef- – it was almost like before you came, I was already – I internalized it as being – a bad like I'm already a bad sister in a way like if I want that toy and it's not for me it's for you then you're being selfish like I was being said these things were being said to me before you came along so once you came along it was like what the hell she hated me I didn't hate you you ain't like me but I just felt like what did I do to deserve this Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, because the energy around it was not like, oh my God, your little sister. Or at least that's not what, I, that's not what stuck. Now maybe it was, and maybe my narrative, like maybe during the time I held on to more negative experiences, I'll own that. I don't know. Like, but what I remember is just feeling really afraid of 
when you would get here and like how I was going to be able to exist while you, when you came. Like, I remember feeling anxious about that. And I remember being, I remember when mom called me on the phone because I didn't go to the hospital. And I still can hear her voice when she said, Tina, you have a little sister. And I went, no, I don't. I have a little brother. And she said, no, it's a girl. You have a little sister. I still remember that. Like, that's crazy. That is crazy that I still remember that. Um, oh, shit. She about to cry, y'all. Already. Already. We ain't even getting into <laughs> we it. We fucking 20 minutes in. <laughs> Got there. But I still remember that. And, like, there's a lot of really good memories of, like, playing with you as kids and stuff. But I think that the way it was set up, it it almost, I don't know, it just it just started me off wrong mm-hmm. in terms of what it was, what, what my role as the big sister was supposed to be and what what were going to be the beautiful things about being a sister. I, I just don't remember that part of the conversation. I remember being told, like, you are going to have to make room for your sister and you're going to have to learn how to share. And not in a, like, loving, kind way. In a, like, it's not just going to be about you way. And it was like, whoa. like whoa. Mostly from dad? Or um, I remember too. it mostly from dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I don't have... See, what's so interesting to me is I don't have any memory of life without you being there. That's crazy. So like my, I think I might've said that at the wedding. I was like, Mm -hmm. like you and like, it's just you, mom, dad. And like, that's it. That's what my world is. Mm -hmm. I don't have any recollection of you not being there, but I, I, my earliest memory of us is probably us, in the apartment building, just like playing outside mm-hmm. with all the kids. And I, I don't, I mean, I was so little, I don't remember any of the other stuff, but I do remember, um, I remember mostly not, not mostly our interaction. I remember paying a lot of attention to other people's interaction with you. Mm-hmm. And I remember that there was a big difference and I remember being like, just by how the kids, parents, teachers even. And that wasn't just when we were little. That was like my whole life. But I remember being little and recognizing like people treat her different from me or people talk to her different than me. Mm. People, you know, say things to her that they don't say to me. And I was a very rambunctious kid. I know that. I was a very loud kid. I was a very happy kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very expressive, sure. but like all over the fucking place. Yeah. Like, like just, you didn't care about your hair back then at all. Not at all. <laughs> like I actually lit my hair on fire by accident once and my dad started hitting the shit out of my head to put, to put it out <laughs> because I was blowing out candles on my birthday and didn't realize you lit didn't the front of my head on fire. Well, and the was, reason why you lit that piece on fire was because you just randomly one day decided to cut the front of your hair. Do you remember Oh, that? I gave myself bang? Yes. Child. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like I was, I was just out here. Um, <laughs> but I remember seeing like, I, I was very clear, like people think she's very pretty. Mm. And people really like her because she's pretty. And she gets a lot of attention for being nice and pretty. And I don't. I get a lot of attention for being funny. Mm. And mostly funny because I wasn't talented yet um, mm. then. I wasn't. Well, 
you were always singing and but yeah, what, but what? I wasn't like really. Do- I was just like loud and like singing Little, Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm talking about when I was little, and mm-hmm. so I, re- I remember registering that that like, oh, she's very pretty, and even like when people would say to us, you know, if if Dad was walking up because we were always with Dad because Mom was working, but like working nights rather, but like people would always gesture towards you hmm. and and be like your girls are so pretty and then they would either touch you or pinch your cheek or or something towards you and I would kind of just stand there because I was also chunky I was also a little chunky monkey um and I noticed the difference between how mom interacted with yeah. me and how mom interacted with you mm-hmm. and I noticed the way dad interacted with you I later. So I I saw that mom was very protective over you in a very different way mm-hmm. than me and I saw that to me it just registered mom loves mom love when I was little it was mom loves Tina and dad loves me. Mm-hmm. Um because when I was when I got to be a little bit older I it registered to me dad is giving you this attention and these accolades to to combat what mom is doing. So or you, not doing. You, you thought that. You, I was clear about it. So you didn't think it was just, oh, these are the things that dad loves about me. You were no, like, oh, I knew that he genuinely because... also like banged with me because mm-hmm. he thought I was funny because we both like and math. And reminded him of his And I too. reminded yeah. him of himself. And mm-hmm. um, When he was a kid. But I also knew, uh, it, dad's so obvious sometimes, like, you know, if somebody says something to you that then he might look to me and Say and something. say something else. You know, mm-hmm. like he would make sure to check in with me or to mm-hmm. make sh- or try to make me feel that same love. Mm-hmm. But mom and your connection and relationship was just something that I just didn't have with her um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And mom loved me. Mom and I, like I, I knew that, but I just knew that she loved me in a very different way. And I think that there were certain things in me, and I noticed that as a little kid, because she would always say, you're just like your father. You're just like your father. Mm. And I had no idea of the trauma the dad had put her through. Mm. Um, by My father, you know, had had another child outside of the relationship. And I had no idea. You knew. I didn't know. Um, and so I think I reminded mom of things that really triggered her. With him, with his infidelity? Just triggered her in general with me. Just, oh, just because you were like him, and, it was triggering. I and understand. because yeah. I, because he seemingly favorited me. Mm-hmm. I favorited him and was, you know, where's my daddy? I would be with my daddy, my daddy, my daddy. Mm-hmm. And that must have hurt her. Well, that brings up deeply. another thing about the com- competitive nature of our family. family. Yeah. And mom and dad were competitive and I think dad was dad competitive. Is less now. I was gonna say I think dad was competitive as a result of combating my, my mom's comp- competitive nature mm-hmm. um but it was I I remember mom being like oh you love you just love your dad so you more to you no to you oh yeah I she would say that, that to me a You're, lot. oh you just and and the 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 idea that you were a daddy's girl it wasn't like oh you're it, a wasn't, daddy. it wasn't sweet it was like you don't like me as there, much there as was you resentment like him. behind it and I yeah knew yeah I remember that um so and me I was like after the infidelity I was like I'm protecting my mom I'm, I'm right. on her side yeah um yeah so growing up 
you know, take it to, you know, things transpired, um, full disclosure, like people, people know this about me, but, you know, very happy kid, but then go through some trauma with sexual abuse, molestation, rape as a young kid. Um, and I remember, so full disclosure, I've always felt like a martyr. I felt very strong and very heroic because the gentleman, the gentleman, Jesus Christ, the guy, babysitter's boyfriend who did indeed rape me. I never admitted that to dad and mom don't know that just FYI, but like they, he told me that if I told anyone he would kill dad mm-hmm. and, and hurt you or whatever, like everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I kept my mouth shut. And so every time we would be together as a family, you have to realize I'm thinking this is because of me. Oh, so wow. my ego is growing. Mm. I feel like a hero. I feel like everything that dad told me to be, protect your family by all means. You know, that was one of the first things that he said to us. I don't care if you mm-hmm. go to, if you guys go down a back alley, if it something happens, alley. it was always a back alley. <laughs> Something happens to her, it better happen I would to be you imagining first. This back alley. I know. I, can, I always thought I about this the back alley. alley. I like, know what it was. I know what it looks like. We might be down it one day, and if right. we're down it, I know. But that was his thing. Like yeah. he, he was like, even if your sister is dead ass wrong, yeah. in that moment, yeah. you have her back, and y'all both have to have each other's back. And so, I really internalized that. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know, we shared a room. I would be waking up in the middle of the night. In the bed, yeah. screaming, you had the crying. Night terrors. I had night, yep. and they didn't even right. Not even nightmares. They call it night terrors. No, it was shit. scary. It was almost like you screaming at the top of my. Were lungs. awake, but you weren't. You were in a trance. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. There would be times when I'd be. I know I was like walking, but you mm-hmm. couldn't get me out of that whatever yeah. I was facing. Yeah. Um. And so there's a shift there, and so and so now. Whenever I don't feel the love from you or mom, it cuts a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Now it feels like I'm I'm really sacrificing over here. Like I'm putting my family on my back. Not necessarily you, because our kind of stuff was spatty kid shit. Like, ugh, I'm four years older than you. Get the fuck away from me. I don't want you around me and my friends type of stuff. Like, it was just well, regular yeah, and, kid and, stuff. And, but, but mom's stuff really hurt. Yeah. When she would look at me, but you just love your dad. And I'd be thinking to myself, like, you, you have no idea. fucking idea yeah. what I'm doing for you. That's deep. And you were... I was... Six. I want to say six to... When did I finally tell? Ten? No. I you never get it right. You were Nine? Young, you were much younger. You were. You might have been seven or eight. No, I wasn't. Then it, then it started earlier. Well, it must have started, started earlier early because you weren't in school I was in, yet. Right, I wasn't in school yet. So it was four. You it was the babysitter, yeah. Jesus so you, Christ. Yeah. I was fucking four years old. Like yeah. four, to se- four to seven or four to eight. Yeah, and that's the thing that like... But a four-year-old carrying it. Right. And then and having mom be like, makes you a lot of love sense in terms of like this idea of like you just said sacrifice and that being the equivalent of you of love yeah learning what love is at four years old is that you self-sacrifice that's deep. well that's translated into a lot of relationships yeah. that i've had yeah you know i don't think that I had any idea that that's how you were existing. You know what I mean? Like, 
And also because, and this is really, I don't, I don't even know, I don't know how to put language to this part of it because I am still figuring out what to call this. But like, I don't know in what in the timeline, like when the little girl and the molestation happened. But that situation um, was also going on with me, and I did not n- understand it. And the babysitter, so the babysitter, he was doing that to you. No, no, no. So the babysitter's okay. daughter was. Right. Okay, so there were three separate people for me, just to give folks context. Mm-hmm. There was a, a man, a grown man, who was a babysitter's boyfriend. Then there was another babysitter who had a daughter who was molested, and as a result, molested you and I. Mm-hmm. And then for me, there was another girl at the dance school, mostly because I was just one of these kids that was running around trusting everybody and... Well, wait a minute. Don't. No, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, part of, like, people ask me, like, how did that happen? And I was just like, that was just, like, the nature of who I was. I just. You were very friendly. I, walk up to anybody. I walk up to, to crackheads and be but, talking to them. But I, I don't, that doesn't that excuse doesn't, any yeah. behavior. I'm just saying, like, people will, will often be like, wait, three different people at three different places. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was a very easy target. As a kid. You know what's so crazy about that is like, it's almost like we were raised two totally different ways because I swear to God, when I was a kid and talking about being raised in fear, like we literally had a board game and it was called Don't Talk to Strangers. And mom and dad made me play this board game called Don't Talk to Strangers. I was afraid of everybody. I didn't talk to people. I'm like, I'm not talking to anybody. I don't know them. They're a stranger. You know, and you were the total opposite. (laughs) And it was, it was kind of fascinating to watch because I remember, I remember one, it was like New Year's and we were sitting, wow, by City Line Avenue to watch the fireworks on this like this ledge by Chili's. Okay, yes. And you could see the fireworks and we sat next to this woman and I forgot, was she knitting? She had something that she was doing and you were so fascinated with it. You walked right over to her, started talking to her, asking her questions and next thing you know, she's showing you how to do it and like you just made a friend. And grandma started showing me how to crochet. That was later. Yeah, but in terms of this woman that you did not know. That That was just who I was. That's who you were. But dad, I remember him like embracing it so much and just being kind of confused like, why does she get to talk to strangers? (laughs) I don't understand this because y'all made me be afraid of everybody. I don't, what's happening? So it was, but your personality, you were kind of born very, it was like you were born and it was like, you are who you are. You were very clear about who you were for, and, and, and it was fascinating. Like you were very clear. My name is Antoinette. Yes. Don't call me Tony. Like when people would try to call you, like you were like a kid. Like my name is Antoinette. Me, I'm like, well, people. And to scary adults, to grandma. Yes. To like the adults that you don't talk back to. That was the other thing. It was like. She still called me Tony though. (laughs) Well, you know, she's grandma. But you, you said, you told her you prefer Antoinette. And like, so, you know, rewinding it to the babysitter and her daughter, the babysitter, that woman was extremely abusive. Like she was, I don't know if you remember. She, her mom, her mom. Okay, she was horrible. I mean, she. I remember wasn't, her being a very. She was mean, mean woman, and I felt like the things that she did were mean spirited. She was very mean to her daughter. She was mean to her daughter. She, she was. was I she don't was think, mean to us too. Oh, I don't remember that. I remember telling her, and mom and dad told her too. I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of everything, but I was afraid of the dark. And you were it was, I was, <laughs> and so it, I was afraid of dogs. I was afraid you of the dark. Of I was afraid of everything, yeah. but it was time to go to bed one night. And I told her, I said, you know, I'm a, don't forget, I'm afraid of the dark. I need a nightlight. Like my mom and dad told you I need a nightlight. 
And she was like, you're going to have to get over it. And she turned the light out and shut the door. Different kind of style of parenting then, too, yeah. It was, but it, it was, was like, damn, up. that's fucked up. Yeah. I was terrified. I did not sleep. I did not sleep well as a kid either. But so her daughter, and this is, even to this day, I don't really call it, like, I don't think of it as being molested because I'm like, this girl was, like, my age, so I don't know how to make sense of no, it, it in my head. it was molestation. That's what it was. Regardless, she could have been younger than you. She could have been older than you. It was molestation, what she was doing. Because she was, she was doing what, she, what someone had done to her and yeah. acting out. And I was really afraid to tell anybody. And the thing that always kind of stays with me is that I thought it was just, she was just doing it to me. And then one day, I remember walking in. I remember that. Like and it was she yesterday. was touching you. And I lost it on her, and we started fighting. And I told her that she needed to stay away from you, but I never told mom and dad. And I kept that. To I don't her. remember the fight. Yeah, we had a fight. I yeah. remember the room. I remember everything. Mm-hmm. I remember you. I was like, "You need to stay away from my sister." And I, I yelled at you too. Yeah, you yelled. I, yelled I, at I you do too. remember you yelling. And I was at me. like, "You don't, you don't you let her touch. You don't touch her, and you don't do those things." And <clears throat> but I never told. And so I've always felt, the way you have felt like a martyr, I've always felt like super weak, like Mm. super weak, just like this little scared, weak person. I don't think of myself truly that way now, but I know that there's that part of me and that part of me has always been really ashamed that I didn't protect you. Got it. And so I will not lie and say that a part of me... Okay, so we have to fast forward a little bit. So part of our relationship, when I finally did tell, I I have to say, my mom really couldn't deal with it. Mm -hmm. She had a very hard time with it. Um, And she did not want to talk about it. She did not want to address it. Her and dad did put me in counseling, Mm -hmm. but you still held on to yours. I had no idea when I finally told. Yeah, I held on to it until I was 20. Yeah, you never told. Mm -hmm. So all the way up until that point, it would be triggering for me when and if I felt like you didn't show up for me Mm. because it would bring me back to not just that, but just that, that being one of the things of like, why didn't she have my back? That's my big sister. Now, when you finally told me that it was happening with you as well, it made complete sense because she couldn't deal with it. Um, But again, you were 20 and damage had been done up until Mm. then. And the triggers had started to align. Um, And so when you did finally tell me, I was like, okay. At first I was like, I was angry. I didn't, I didn't accept it. And I was also like. You, mom or dad didn't. Yeah. I think by that time I was, I was, I'll be honest. I was very, if you were 20, I was 16 and I was very angry. Mm -hmm. I was dark at 16. Dad and mom had divorced you were away in school. I was dealing with turmoil at home. My mom was dating my fifth grade teacher. It was like a thing. It was fucking crazy for a while. And I had just turned into an atheist and latched on to my girlfriends at school. And I felt like here's another way, and this might hurt to hear, but I felt like here's another way for her to play the victim. And this is the one thing that I have on her that she has an experience, and she has to now say that she has this too. And that thinking is so horrible. 
But I, I can't lie and say that I didn't feel that way then because I was so angry with everyone else. I don't feel that way at all now. At all. At, you know that. I would never think that. But then, not being mature enough, not being, you know, just being 16 and mad and not understanding and feeling a, your ego is huge, feeling alone. I'm the only person in the world that understands me and all that stuff, you know. I just didn't, I, I wasn't able to be there for you. I didn't need you to, I didn't need you to be there necessarily. I just, it was, it was a lot of mis- misunderstanding yeah. and I knew that you felt that way. I knew that you would feel that way. I knew that like, as we got older, I became aware of how people looked at me differently too. And it was never something that I felt like I, I never wanted to feel like that. I never, I don't know if you know this, but it never I made me that. feel good. Like I knew that. It never made me feel good that people treated me differently than you. At I knew all. that. And so it was hard because it's like, okay, how do I be, how do, how do I be less? How do I be, you know, how do I create space for you? Um, how do I not take up the the center of attention but also have my truth because the fact is like I was holding on to that for a long time and it also the I remember um telling it the first time to somebody I had dated in college and them kind of being like well it was another kid right and I was just like Ugh. oh right I should be quiet about this like this isn't real like it's not like an adult did it right okay, I should be quiet about it. Like, that was the messaging. And, like, you know, it, it was hard when I told dad and mom. They kind of had the same thing. Like, <laughs> that hurt, you know. It, it hurt more for mom and dad. I understood why you were like, I can't, I, you know, like, because for me it was like you dealt with a lot more. If you really want to look at it in terms of what you dealt with, in terms of the, in terms of being abused. But you it's not a dealt, comparison. It's not, but it, it always was with us back then. Everything yeah. was a comparison. And so it was like, I don't have the right to be, like, bringing this up. You know, like, let me shut up. But, like, I wanted you to know. And it was just, I didn't know how to go about it. And I didn't feel supported in it from mom and dad. And even to this day, that is something that I kind of am like, damn, that's kind of fucked up. But they got their shit, too. And I don't I don't hold it against them. I understand more how trauma works. But I just feel really badly that I... I wasn't able to be there for you because I feel like if it was the reverse, the kind of person you are, you would have told. But we're two different people. Yeah. We're two different people and you did things for me that I don't think I would do for you. Like, I don't think I would have made myself smaller. Mm-hmm. I took up space regardless. Sometimes I look back and I think you didn't make a whole lot of space for her. Like, me not making space for you in terms of on the other spectrum of, like, being on stage and being, like just being this loud-ass, big-personality individual in the room who's cracking jokes all the time. And, oh, there's my shy, beautiful sister in the corner. Like, it was kind of that vibe. Um, un- unless we were dancing. That was when it was, like, this Tina's world. This is where she about to shine. And even that... So we have to give people context... The the main I think the main to some in summary the thing was you know Antoinette you're witty and funny and smart Tina you are beautiful and talented and desirable 
Um, and so that was reiterated, that was drilled into our heads. Even in the dance school, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have the technique you had, but I could put on a show and have a good time and get people into it, right? Um, and also maybe evoke something on stage. that Any kind of sadness, I could bring that out, which was telling. Um, my nickname was Grandma. You got an old soul. Grandma, that's your nickname. And I wore it proudly. Your nickname was Face. Because you were so fucking beautiful. Well, also, Mr. St. Charles Go ahead. said that I also, he, he was said I had I would evoke a lot of emotion right, through your expression face. when I was dancing. But I hear you. I, I'm not taking when, anything away I'm from saying that. how I how interpret it. it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, here we go. Yeah. And so it was more like, all right, well, I'm just going to have to be this deep kind of, I guess... Um, old soul in order for people to see the value in me and to be the person that, and I embodied that. It was like, okay, if I'm grandma, if I'm this old soul, and that, he wasn't the only person that said I was an old soul. I had an old soul because of trauma, because I was walking around as a fucking martyr at four mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to protect people and whatever. I, I embodied that. And I think even with you, even in school, like, you had boys that wanted to, you know, you there. I remember there was that big-ass boy that, that you didn't like, and he decided that he was going to fuck you up after school or something or curse you out, something, and I was like... He's beat me up, yeah. Cause he I'm... was big as shit, though. <laughs> he was big as shit. I, I, I know I was a little kid, but I was like, this dude is big. He's the one that dad came... Well, I think he had gotten left but I also a few times, so he was also took my older. umbrella out, right, yeah. and started to, proceeded to chase him around the school and beat his ass. And it was just like, that was my role. And I always felt like, and, and dad, God bless him, would tell me that too. He, I remember dad saying like, you're bigger than your sister. And he was like, sometimes God just makes people bigger. And it was like trying to explain it. And my <laughs> mom would always say these broad shoulders. And my, you know, my weight was a serious issue back then between mom and I. Like mm-hmm. mom would say to me, and that was her conditioning. That's what she grew up hearing. So this is not a diss to my mother because my mom is the best mom ever. But she would say to me, you know, if you, you look at your pretty fingers, like if they keep getting bigger, a, a, a nice man won't fit a pretty wedding ring on your finger. You know, like, and a little kid, you're like, oh, shit. Like, I'm not worthy of love, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. And then you see you walking around where I, my little boyfriends, we just had Chris Talley on here. <laughs> Fucking Chris Talley was in love with you. He would come over to the house and, like, Wait, and that, would hide what? in a corner. And I'm saying, like, he had the biggest crush on you, but that was my boyfriend. You have to, you know, and mm-hmm. there, there are other things that, like, I haven't even shared. There was one boyfriend that I actually broke up with because one of my best friends told me that he's just dating you because he likes your sister. That happened in high school. And it's like those kinds of outside influences really fuck with us on, like, on a serious level where, like, it, it affected how we interacted, where I, it was like, I was always going to have your back, but I always felt like I was, that was my role. And it wasn't to, you know, stand next to you and be honored. It was to make sure you were good. Hmm. And I I ended up resenting it quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, 
And then, you know, us being four years apart played a role. So when, like, shit hit the fan with mom and dad, you kind of were out after a while, like, when it really hit the fan. It had been hitting the fan, and that's the thing in terms of, like, <sighs> age and what we, who was aware of what at what time. Like, mm-hmm. when I was eight when we found out about the infidelity. Oh, I was four. I had no clue. Like, I, I've, I vividly remember the moment when mom found out. I remember her, her crying, but I had no idea. I remember the whole thing. I remember telling dad off when he got, I'm eight years old, and being like, how could you do this to us? Like, I remember mm-hmm. all of that. And so that was a very, that was hard. That was a hard, unstable, scary time. And it doesn't, it doesn't take away from anything you're saying. Like, absolutely. Like, w- when it got to the point where mom and dad divorced, I was in high school. And up in the, whole, the year before that, it was like we would come home and we didn't know what we were walking home to because they were figuring it out. And it was like one day they're like in yeah, love listening so to music and the next day they're screaming at each other. And it was like, what is what are we living in? Like, mm-hmm. what is this? And then when 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 they finally divorced... It was kind of like a, all right, well, this is the new normal. And then literally, like, two months later, mom had a boyfriend who was the teacher at your school, who we both had as a teacher. Like, that was a lot. And then that's when it hit the fan for the you. The school that I was The still school at. that you were still at. Because you were having to go to school and, and, fight. You, and deal with that. And fight. And that was crazy. Yeah. And fight. And that's actually when I felt the most... That's when I felt like I rose into my protection you of did. you the most then. Again, so against when... And and our relationship has shifted very much with our, I guess we call him step. We don't call him our stepfather because <laughs> he was our teacher. So we still call him he Mr. Yada Yada. He is our yadda. stepfather. But, um, we- but he is. He is. Uh, but um, yes, that was when it was like, okay, she's showing up a little bit more. Like when he, because I would buck up to him mm-hmm. when we got home. And then when, and he would buck up to me. And then, you know, you would be like, all right, it's her and me. Because I felt like at that point, even mom was just kind of like, yo, can I just get a win? I'm just trying to have a boyfriend. <laughs> Y'all don't know what I've been dealing with with your father. Yeah. You're too young to understand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a way, she protected us a bit from, or me, not you. She she filled yeah, you in a little bit on the details. In me yeah. a lot. But with me, she was just like, I'm not even going to waste my time because she's a daddy's girl anyway. Mm. Um, and, yeah, you did. You did. And then, you know. You went off to school, and I think when you decided when you got a boyfriend, it was like really when I went to college. It wasn't just the boyfriend, and that's the thing that I think we probably need to to talk about because I think you absolutely felt like oh you have a boyfriend now and like I replaced you. Mm -hmm. I absolutely did. Yeah, but I I didn't have a boyfriend freshman year, and freshman year I was. I just wanted to get away from the drama and and I and I'm so sorry because what I did you know I was a freshman in college but I still pushed you away too. It was like I can't deal with this anymore and you became part of that. Mm-hmm. And I know that I understand now that that was really hurtful. Yeah. And that you know that resulted in me just being like okay, I'm going to get I'm going to if I'm going to create a family then since my mm-hmm. family's falling apart and that became a beautiful it's all for a reason it became a beautiful friendship yeah. between me jazz and amanda and eventually you know and kayla and eventually shanti um but the 
uh, that was a big issue within our relationship is when I felt like you would get yourself into these very um, serious relationships. um, Mm. And when they, when they didn't work, I would be right there. Mm -hmm. You would come to me. Um, even though you needed to get away, but like you knew where to come mm-hmm. when you needed that support. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but when you were in it, you were in it. Mm-hmm. And that really hurt. That felt like, because again, it triggered me back to, I did all this for this family. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Still as a, in high school, walking around with that of like, I did all the, and, and that's, Another reason why the divorce hurts so much because, like, I did all this. And it still didn't work. And it still didn't work. Mm -hmm. You kidding me? And so that crushed me. And I felt very alone, very dark, and I had a lot of resentment towards you. I felt like she knows who to call when she needs something. Mm -hmm. But if if I'm reaching out or if I'm fucked up Mm -hmm. or if something's going on, you know, I might not even get a call back. Yeah. And I get why. I get why now. I I'm, wish I wish we I mean we kind of we kind of went to therapy with mom for a hot second after the the, the child, divorce. And she I wish walked there, out. But yeah, she wasn't she, she, she was said, not Fuck here for this. that. But I my mom went to two therapy sessions and said, No, this said, bitch is she, she's yeah, she don't agree with me. Bye. Bye. Because yeah. you don't even understand what I'm going. And part of it too is that I think God bless dad. He could have been a politician or a lawyer or something because he could convince somebody. But he wasn't in, he wasn't in those. She, so she. There was one that he was in. With us? Yes. Oh, I don't remember. And that was the one that she was like, bye. I remember, no, the one that we were in, it was me, you and her. And that, I will never forget that one. And she, he left and she was like. We're not going back to her. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> she was always like, we're done. But I wish. Because mom in the moment also can't, she can't think like that. She needs to be able to take us, like, you can't ask her a question in a moment and for her to be able to be like, this is what all my emotions are. This is how I felt. This is what transpired. Well, also, she had been through a lot of shit. And she was like, if one more person tried to tell me yes. that I'm wrong. You know, I can under and so, so okay. So in retrospect, the way that mom in the moment, even though it was like, damn, like some of the way she was moving, we were kind of like, this is hurtful, but we know why. As like as I, adult as women. adult women, we know why. Like now, when I look back, I'm like, damn, I wish that you and I had some kind of therapy that you and I had an ability to work through what we were going through because the, we're doing it right now. Well, we are, yes, we are. <laughs> but I'm I'm just saying because now when I look back on like college and what like. What you said about creating space, like when I got to college, I was like, I can, oh my God, I can be myself. Who am I? What, what am, you know, and it was the first time that I was like, oh, I can take up space, space. unapologetically. And, and that's why you needed to do that. And I needed to be able to figure that out, but it came with pushing you to the side. And I wish we had understood better what what was actually transpiring between us and the pain that we were both going through from the family because you know the divorce happened but then there, there was just drama there was, there was drama a for drama. a long it time a long it was time. like consistent that was a tumultuous it was very tumultuous divorce. i don't even remember that high divorce school. lasted six years. it lasted long a it long la- time it, it yeah i told i told my husband this the other day i was like i don't really remember high school because you know how they say when sometimes when you have traumatic experiences, it can become, like, blurry? I said, mm-hmm. I don't really remember a lot in high school. 
I don't, I don't, re- I don't, if you notice, I don't have a lot of close friends from high, high school. school. I don't remember these, I don't remember those four years because mm. it was just so much going on. Yeah. And then when I finally got to college, I was like, I can just pretend like this doesn't exist anymore and just, you know, and I don't know. I, I wish I, I wish I had, I had the perspective and the, the ability to articulate what yeah. I was feeling. I had no idea. I was just like, I got to get away from them. Right. And it was you too. Right. So then that happened. So this is all stuff that's, y'all, just just piling piling up up between us. Piling up, (laughs) piling up. Then you, you moved to New York. I... Can we rewind? Don't say you moved to New York. You were auditioning for schools. Yeah. You got into... I said you moved to New York. Yes, but but, because you say it like I left. You were planning (laughs) on moving to New York too. Oh, wait. I wasn't I okay. wasn't trying to say that she left. No, but we need Look, to she's talk scared. about no, we need to talk about <laughs> okay. how you responded when you found out I was moving to New York. Because the same way you responded. Okay, so I'll no. be the same way you, the same way you responded to needing to go to college, I was like, okay. No, I'm talking about before then cuz you pushed my best friend on the floor. You were not happy with me moving and you I didn't don't even remember that. Yes. That's... Oh my god, you you literally said to her, home. "You're taking my sister away from me." And you pushed her and tackled her on the was floor. Was it a joke? Kind of, sort of, and not. Interesting. (laughs) I don't have any recollection. And then you helped me and Jamina pack the van. And then when it was time for, and you missed the whole epic, epic fight between mom and dad in front of the the showdown. In In the street. In the street. Mom cussing everybody out. Yes, before I left. And you texted me, you said, I'm so sorry, but I cannot bear to watch you leave. I cannot be there to say goodbye. And in my head, I'm like, in two months, you about to be moving up here too. You were accepted into a school in New York. Yeah, part of that was just like, I don't feel like doing all that. Th- that was where I was. I was emotionally exhausted. It was like, I don't feel like doing all that. I don't feel like, and that was part of the thinking too of like, I'm going to be up there. I can't bear to be sitting here with these sorrowful ass tears. I knew mom was coming over mm-hmm. to say bye mm-hmm. and dad was there. And I was like, Miss. Her man's gonna be there. Dad's mm-hmm. girlfriend's gonna be there. This is gonna be a thing, and mm-hmm. I'm was. the fuck out. Okay, that's, so why, that's like, why you were saying I can't the be there. Deuces okay. up. Like I'm not dealing with that. And I had my own little boyfriend that I was escaping with at that time. So I was like, um, Listen, they, yeah. you know who you are. Come get me. <laughs> <laughs> get me the fuck out of here because it's about to be there. This and is, we lived, and in it a, was. And we you, lived in like a a sheltered ish. <laughs> we lived in Roxborough, so it was like a mixed neighborhood. But that block was white. And I just knew, I was like, we about to act, they're about to act a rank-ass fool again on this block. And I'm just not trying to be a part of it. Oh, it was so dramatic. I'm so happy I missed that. But then you go to, so you go to New York. Mm-hmm. I follow, you know, going to school. You didn't follow. You went to school, but then you were coming. Okay, but right. I, I, I came after you. <laughs> um, and now <laughs> Tina is in a, a whole other relationship that oh, is toxic. abusive, toxic. This man was bleeding her dry. He's what? Financially. Ten years older than you, 11, 12. He was... Got like 18. How many kids he had? Three kids? He was... A couple oh, surprise kids that came up later. He was 11 years... Oh, I can't even remember. I think he was 11 He was a hot-ass mess. Older than That's me. just how you summarize that. And I hated his guts. Yeah. And I vocalized that. I was very vocal about hating him. Um, I did not trust him. Um, and I tried. And I know that you I, did. I you hurt did. you when... I had just like was like I can't I can't deal with this because one I was still angry with you so mm-hmm. me, even me trying to accept this man because y'all were living together yeah. too was just <laughs> like 
it was probably beyond, extremely triggering about it the was level so of like tri- it was like, and then martyrdom you yeah. also when you get into relationships you protect your partner by any means necessary and it bothered me to see you protect him like that who i didn't feel like deserved a damn bit of protection like if i said anything to you like tina when i come over there all he wants to do is show me how to play video games why is he playing video games all day you would be you guns blazing mm-hmm. and you know like Y'all, y'all think it's me, but when my sister gets mad, she's worked on it. But child, I have worked on it, but it used to be the turn up. That was the turn up. And that was I I was extremely insecure during that time. Yeah, yeah, I was too. Well, not then, but when we were younger, I was. She would raise her hand to me a lot. And that's the one thing that that's another thing that you said to me do not hit your sister back. Mm -hmm. Because you're bigger than her. Oh, he would say, her. don't hit me he back. He would say, don't you dare hit her back. And I'll never me. forget when we moved in with dad and you and I got into, you you were like fucking me up and I had like put your head between your legs to get you to stop. And I was like, look at you. And you were angry. You were you were lashing out because you were paying for food. For, we were broke. That's Tina a, was paying another, for that's food another for thing, me. Though, like, that's that a I whole was, other thing. I really, and I, I have to say this, that, you know, I have learned that also like when I... When when I was younger and mm-hmm. I was in pain, I took it out on you a lot. Well, I, I think I think it makes sense now because now you're saying that like as soon as I got here, before I got here, it's, you can't have this, you can't do this, you can't do that. And you were finally in a position where you were working. You could have certain things to yourself. Then this fucking divorce happens and now it's like, okay, Tina, you have to help your sister out a little bit financially because we're broke. Mm-hmm. And it was resentment. It's like, the f- I can't have nothing. Like, y'all already taking my family away, taking everything else away. Now I got to get this girl my goddamn Wendy salad. <laughs> I'm serious. It was so simple like that. Like, it was so bad for us at a point where yeah. we didn't have food to eat. And that Wendy yeah. salad that we would get from mm-hmm. coming from the Boys and Girls Club mm-hmm. from work would, might be the only thing that we ate. Mm-hmm. And it hurt me when you wouldn't give me some because I would think it wouldn't be a question. But now I understand why you would be like, the f- like, damn, I can't have anything. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story... You're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS. Dot georgetown dot edu slash podcast. Yeah, but sometimes I <laughs> go ahead, say it. Sometimes I look back and I think 
this might be a crazy thing to say, but I think that I operated from a white privileged way of looking at the world. Oh, sh- yeah. Um, I, I do. I think that I operated from a white privileged way of looking at the world. You operated from a black ideology. And, and we are biracial, so I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I did. And I think it's really interesting that you were closer to dad and I was close, closer to mom. And I say this with trying to say it without judgment, but I do think that um, I did not know who I was. And whiteness was toted as this way of... It was just told it as like the, the, the ideal way of being. And I don't think I understood Even it. Even within our household. Yeah, I don't think I understood. I mean, not that's, from, a, that's a whole from, other level. That's a whole I, I don't other even podcast. Really get into that. But <laughs> I do think that it shaped the way that I looked at the world. And so you even bring it up, oh, here comes Cena, the victim again, that victimization. Like, I really think there was like a little white woman inside of me that was crying white woman tears. It was. And I resented the fuck out of her. Yes. And so if I can be honest and like when I, I, because I have done a lot of work on myself and done a lot of reflection, I now understand like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, my feelings were valid, but I also was operating from this place, and that was fucking problematic as hell. But I didn't know who the fuck I was. Mm-hmm. And when you don't know who you are, you can do things, I think, that are harmful to other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the space that I was operating I think you from. were just in self-preservation, like the way yeah. white folks are. Yeah. Um, but I said that, you know... Dad looked, I, I will never forget that day when dad, I think he grabbed you and put you up against the wall and said, one day she's going to hit you back and mm-hmm. I'm a letter. Mm-hmm. You keep hitting your sister and she's going to hit you back. Mm-hmm. She's going to get you good. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking like, I wouldn't do that. But I, I knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew what he was doing, but, but, and, but I also knew how angry you were. Because I was like, this is like, I knew that. That apartment that we moved in, that was beneath you, child. No, it wasn't. It wasn't just, it wasn't <laughs> that. It was, it was, that was not who I knew my father to be. That was hard to see. Dad was, yes. dad was the one who cooked all the meals. Dad was the one. And we didn't have any food in the refrigerator. We yeah. had ketchup and pickles and syrup. Like, that's not who he was. And then there were some other things that I ended up finding out about that I was like, this is not who I thought you were. And, yeah. and those realizations just, they, they broke me. Yeah. They really did. And I'll never forget him coming in the room one day. Oh, God. I was very, I mean, I was emotional. I shouldn't doubt She's a like cancer. But I went to Barnes & Noble and was like, <laughs> I went to the self-help section and bought this book on depression. And I'll never forget dad walked in the room and I'm reading this book on depression in high school. And he's like, ahead of the game. And he's like, no, I, it's weird. It's deep. Cause we're going to get into that too, in terms of like therapy and stuff. And like, I think I always should have been in therapy and I still should always be in therapy. Cause I need to be able to like hash out my feelings. Like I can't really function unless I'm working them out loud. But he came in the room and he saw me with this book. And again, how how he is with like <laughs> instead of being like why are you are you okay why are you reading that he's like why are you reading that book <laughs> <laughs> I'm like pissed off you know, what are you saying about my parenting mad at me for reading this yeah. book instead of being like because it was a reflection of him because he was depressed yeah. and he couldn't deal with it he was it. very depressed you know so it was you know it we, was were, we were going through a lot yeah I don't even know how we got there but the, okay me maintaining my composure in front of that man was a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
was a lot. And, you know. That was the greatest, worst mistake I ever make in, made in my life. Child. That That was a That, I that walked, was hard. I walked out of that, like, like I walked out of a, a four and a half year long nightmare. Like, was. that was, that was, I did not know who I was. Mm-mm. And that's why I ended up there. But yeah. I needed that horrible thing to happen. So then we fast forward. You get out of that. Um, is it okay to say what that was? That it turned into? Yeah. Uh, it turned into that relationship ended up turning into him being physically abusive with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I got that call, even though we weren't talking. That's what I'm saying. We were always connected. It was always like, at the end of the day, I, you know, whatever. Got the call that that happened, left college that day hit my professors up like yo shit went down I, I, I'm, I miss my class today anyway that happens you get out of the relationship I graduate right mm-hmm. now we're about to layer it again right I graduate from high school I'm so oh, college rather I'm like determined to stay in New York and pursue musical theater and I'm like if I go back to Philly I know I'm not gonna do this I'm gonna stay in Philly so I have to stay here all of the apartments that I'm supposed to get fall through Roommates are like, I'm sorry, I have to go back. I, I, I just can't do this. I have to go home. This is too much. That one falls through. Another, another apartment falls through. Like, I couldn't catch a break. So you were looking for apartments before you wanted... Yes, they had uh, all fallen through. I didn't know that. Yes, girl. They, I had three apartments with three different sets of people, and they all fell through. So now I'm asked out. I, and I, it's I, literally I, like I, 10 days before graduation, and I'm asked out. And so I hit you up, and I'm like, or maybe I think I mentioned no, it to this mom. Is, this was before you, before I found an apartment. Mom called me right. and said, I'm, "You should live with your sister." Right. And I said, "Hell no, I can't live with Antoinette." Yes. And that, yeah, that was like the nail in the coffin for me. I was like, well, no, it wasn't. When I got there, it was the nail in the So I knew that you didn't want me to live with you. Well, I was the one, once you couldn't find anywhere, I was like, you know what? Come stay with me. Yes. But it was begrudgingly. In my, it, it was. In my, initially, I just felt like it wasn't a good idea. And the reason why was because of all of the stuff we had been going through. And I was not, in, I, I, I was coming out of, a very fucked up situation and I had started therapy and I had told my therapist about our stuff and my therapist was like you need some space to figure out you and being in another situation where there's conflict is probably not the best idea because we were not because we were not even though we had each other's back or you had my back more than I had yours I think that that's how you saw it um Mm -hmm. And that's how it was for a while in terms of, like, the the stakes of, like, how, you know, when things were going down, I would call you and then you didn't feel like I was there for you in other ways. Even though in college I kept trying to reach out, but it was kind of like I was with that dude. It was, it was, there was just, there was just all this stuff that we hadn't hashed you through. Would try, so it was right. like, you would try to reach out, but I just felt like this feels fake and I'm not going to do it. Right. And so that was also a thing that was, was hard because it was like, well, it might, for, in my mind, I was like, 
I don't know how to do this right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just try it, and and it might feel fake, but like, and by we gonna figure it out. But you were like, nah, I'm good. By then, <laughs> I had the girls, and so when something went bad with me, went I to went them. to them. Yeah, and so I had already written you, I, not written you off, but I had already kind of just put, put me you in, in a, a space. Box. Yeah, and and then I was with this dude, and y'all felt like I was lost, and I was lost, and you didn't know who I was, and I didn't know who I was. So it was like, I get it, but I was like, us living together, and I'm just getting out of this shit. This that don't seem good because what we would I was just, I just saw us fighting all the time and I probably you know manifested that because then we were fighting all the time. Yes, we were. So I did end up moving in to um, my little studio, to a tiny studio <laughs> apartment. And Tina made it very clear. She said, "You are allowed to have one bag and one drawer." Did I say that? Oh, you made it very clear. You said you are allowed to have one bag and one drawer. You had stuff in. Yeah, I did say that. And you had stuff in the in closet. Storage. I had stuff in storage. I had a storage. I had compartment. such a thing about sp- my space at that. You point, needed yeah. space, but it I was, get it. It was still, it was still fucked up though. It was still really fucked up. It, it, in the moment, it felt very fucked up. Now it doesn't, because now I know what an abusive relationship can do to you, mm-hmm. and how much space you really do need. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't beating me, so I couldn't even imagine. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I I can relate. So then finally, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be here. We're fighting like cats and dogs constantly. I didn't make it very easy. I did dumb shit like put water bottles in the bed. <laughs> you, wait, I sleep with we water in the bed now, but we gotta. I My sleep with water sister, bottle in the bed. We were sharing a bed, guys. So we're sharing a bed in a studio apartment. It's a small one in the East Village because I. You know, and you hated that I lived there, she but had to be I wanted to no, I wanted to live close to work. I lived six blocks away from my job, and I did not want to have to run into my ex. I was afraid to run into oh, him, I see. and I got away from him. I moved out of Brooklyn. That's what happened. Oh. And I wanted to be. I was like, if I'm close to work, never made that connection. Yeah, I want to run. I'm like, I, if I'm close to work, then I don't have to worry about anything, and I don't want to be. I don't want to have to run into him again. And there was a whole thing where dad wanted me to put, you know, dad was like on some revenge shit. He was like, we going to file this kind of suit and that kind of suit. And I was like, I just want to let it go. I just don't want to go on with this. So anyway, but my sister, Antoinette, I would come home. So we both were waitressing, but I came home a little later than her. She was always in the bed first. Talk about space. She would be in the bed (laughs) with a gallon of water. I'm in the bed with a gallon of water. Right now. We're on her bed right now with a gallon of water. See, this is what I'm saying. Like, you need your space to be yours, and I need my space to be mine. But I come home to this bed that we're sharing because we're making it work. And, And even though it was begrudgingly. And... She'd have a gallon of water in the bed and her laptop, always playing The Office, by the way, The Office on late at night. Her laptop, a gallon of water, her, she'd be laying in the middle of the bed and I would come home and be like, fuck, I just want to get in the bed. Mm-hmm. And she did it every single night. And I was like, then I didn't understand. Gonna lose it. I would be like, I was like girl, I got one, I got one bag and me. one drawer in this bitch. And can I just watch <laughs> the office? It's 4 I need o'clock to in the morning and I just want to get in the bed and Child, go to sleep. That was a mess. That We were fighting. That Those fights yeah, were bad. And I was, I was still very angry. Like you made it very clear that you didn't want me there. And I made it very clear that I was pissed about how you was treating me yeah. for being there. So as soon as I got my little money up, moved to Brooklyn... And some shit happens with that apartment. Like they raise fast my rent, forward, they raise her rent, and who does she hit up? Like I, I need a place to stay, 
And I'm like, this? Man. Did it go like that? I feel like I said yes. it to you and you were like, Tina, just oh, yeah. come I, I live said, here. come live here. Yeah, you told me that. Because I was like, girl. But you didn't want me to be there. But you were being you and you were like, yes. just come here. Just come here mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at that. I was like, this is my opportunity to show her how much I don't want her in my motherfucking space. And, and she said, you get a drawer? No, I didn't. And you, no, had a, you had many more things in there. I remember when you moved in because I Did was I like. Ha- I was I was in my brought, I had my suitcases, uh, though. I was a ton still... of stuff in there because I remember the new guy that you were dating wouldn't help with the stuff. And you were so mad. Ooh, why? Why with this like self, low self-esteem? We is were Serious. We had you brought so much stuff into that. That little, dude. First of all, was I, six I need foot to give something cons- and did not carry, did not want to carry nothing, <laughs> nothing up the what damn stuff. in the world. And I had a one bedroom apartment that I split with my cousin, who was a flight attendant and who would just crash in the living room and then dip out. And so it was like I then was, it was living me my and best life. Or me and me and our cousin in the in the. And you would get in the bed sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. I would be like, this girl. So then here I am again, like, you know, she didn't want me there. Of course, I brought her ass in. Cool. And then that continued in the new apartment. I'd never forget you being like, when we finally moved out of there, we came in here. You subletted this girl. Were you? I don't know why this. Okay, that, let's, let's talk about this it. This drives me crazy. And I need to know if I'm crazy. My sister sub. So we have a four bedroom apartment that I still live in now. And there were only three of us. One room was used for storage. My mm-hmm. sister was like, I'm going to sublet my room, my bedroom to somebody. And then I'm going to sleep in the storage room. No, then I was sleeping at my boyfriend at the time's house. You were sleeping most in- of the time. Every once in a while I slept in there. And then it became mm-hmm. more often because then me he and him were on the rocks. Okay, so thank you. Oh, Lord. She was sleeping in the storage room, but was like, I'm not going to pay rent because I'm subletting what my you- room. I Nope, nope, nope. You did not pay rent. Internet. That's not true. Celestine. That's not true. Celestine. Because the subletter paid only a portion and then I paid the rest. You're saying we didn't split it four ways? Yes. Oh. Because there were four people living here. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) So then it was just another thing of like me feeling taken advantage of. This was a lot of context that we just got into. This is therapy for us. But now you can hear us talk about this. And you can hear us talk about this because I don't know really when this happened. Maybe you do. But it just got to a point where it was like, our parents aren't going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my father's side of the family and, and us are not close at all. Mm-hmm. My mother's side, we're close with certain people. Um, they just live far, so mm-hmm. it's hard. We both live in the same city, state, mm-hmm. and we still are carrying shit. Yeah. And also, you were getting married. Well, so that we really before I, I feel me. like before I was engaged is when a shift started to happen. It was before then for me. Oh, okay. Um. Well, after the relationship before that, I had a period of time of reflection. And you went to Florida to do a show. Uh And I was doing a lot of work on myself. And I remember you coming back and feeling like I wasn't... I had called you, you know, but I didn't think that you wanted to talk to me, talk to me like that. And I was doing a lot of work and just like... 
Yeah, I was gone for there like was, there four was or a, five months. No, you weren't gone that long. You were gone for two months. You left it in like late like January and you came I back left in March. early January. Well, you came back in March. Okay, like mid-March. Okay. Yeah. You weren't gone that but long. But grandmom had passed away around yeah. that time. Yeah. And I was down there all by myself. And I was, yes, now I do remember. Mm -hmm. Grandmom. And mom came down. That was the grandparent that I was the closest to. Mm -hmm. And by that time, me and mom had really been working on our relationship. Mm -hmm. I was actively working on it. So that's what I'm saying. I think that it's a combination of things. You and mom's relationship improving allowed space for our relationship to improve. And I think that the the there was there was even though i don't feel like you directly were like lumping us all in the same i definitely lump you and mom together okay so you did so in certain ways <laughs> but in certain absolutely. ways and in certain ways i think you did a lot of work where you didn't where it was clear that you were actively trying to make a separation in terms of just because she says x y but and z doesn't mean yeah lumped you right and the anger lumped you right Mm-hmm. But I think that as y'all, your relationship with mom um, got better, it allowed for the possibility of healing with ours. Yeah. And on my end, like, I really had to do a lot of work. I was, you know, it sounds dramatic, but I was really fucking lost for a long time. Like, I really was. I was really trying to figure it out. And I think the need for space and understanding how to take up space and be my own person I needed to figure that out because as long as I couldn't do that and felt that struggle within myself, I was blaming it on you. Subconsciously, consciously, I was blaming it on you. So it was there was no way we were going to be able to make it work if I didn't do that part first. If I wasn't like, okay, wh- who am I? Is it okay that... And I'm still working that out. You had a conversation with me recently. We are like, I don't think you know who you are. And I'm like, fuck, man, I've been doing all this work. And <laughs> that I That was still not the only thing that I get, said. I still ain't got it. <laughs> That was no, not but, what I said. No, I know. But I, I think... I think I said whatever, you don't take up space. Right. And, and, and I said, I know and I'm like, you don't. this a bitch? No, I said, I know. I said, I know you don't because you don't I take see... Up no, we, space, no, we were at the nail salon the and that lady said to you, I love your hair. Mm-hmm. And you said, her hair is pretty too. And I thought to myself... No, that's not what I said. She said, I love your hair. I got awkward a little bit because you were sitting right next to me and I'm thinking we got the same hair. And then she looked at you and she said, I like your hair too, but you didn't hear her. And I went, Antoinette, did you hear what she just said? She just said okay. she likes your hair too. But I just, it was just to me being like, girl, we're, I'm past that. You don't have we to We hadn't do had that the conversation okay. really to be able to, you know. Right. And that's why I brought it up. It and was I was like, great. you don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. I know why you're doing it mm-hmm. and soon it's going to annoy me. Mm-hmm. So just be your best self mm-hmm. and I'll deal with it. Like, it's not up to you to make me comfortable in spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you need to be yourself. For, I'll say this. For me, I had to, with every person in my life, something that I'm trying to actively do now is not judge people by their actions, but try to judge them by their intentions. Mm-hmm. And, or not judge, but I am a Libra, so I do judge. Um, but, like... yes. Yes, I do. I do. I'm so in my quest to get closer to you, to get closer to mom, to mend certain relationships. It was I need to understand why and who they are, so that I can first have compassion for them, Mm -hmm. and try to make sense of it in my head, so that I don't internalize 
certain things. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there were certain behaviors that mom, like mom not being able to deal with the fact that I was molested and that mm-hmm. certain things had occurred with me was a direct result of her own trauma. Right. Knowing that now allows me so allows me to give her so much more space mm-hmm. and allows me to just it op- it opens my mind up differently knowing you know meeting dad's other daughter mm-hmm. um and feeling the pain that that brought me mm-hmm. when the girl had no idea how she came into the world you know like it was just yeah. a very awkward situation of like oh you have no clue how this happened mm-hmm. and kind of seeing dad just not want to deal with it mm-hmm. um made me think to myself mom dealt with this for how long and she stayed yeah how how painful must that have been that she knew he was off visiting her or she knew he was giving her money or she knew like she the young woman came with a whole photo album a whole of all these events that he was album. at and i was like when was he doing this he was with us yeah, and that's the thing he was so present that it was that's it w- that's that was the other thing that kind of hit me hard when in high school yeah that that hurt yeah so i or, started you know, college to, that was college yes i started to think about mom mm-hmm. and how she navigated that and how the only reason for her to navigate that like that was for us I started mm-hmm. to think about, well, fuck, I'm 22 now. Could I really have had a kid? Could mm-hmm. I have had a kid if my whole family, mm-hmm. you know, didn't fuck with me? Could I, like, so I started to do that with you. I started to really, first with her, um, because I it forced me to, because she lost her mother. Yeah. And when she lost her mother, you know, mom was the same way as you. I know who to go to when I'm upset. Mm-hmm. Who's going to have my back, Antoinette? And so... I just developed so much compassion for the woman mm-hmm. and I couldn't be more proud of what she's done. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't be more proud of you. I think that we did grow up very differently. I grew up with my feet firmly planted, very clear of who I was and with a man who made space for me to be that dad, dad. Mm-hmm. And I saw dad, Dad's way of lifting me up was to sometimes put you down. So you dealt with it as well. I dealt with it from mom and you dealt with it from him. He was also trying to toughen you up or whatever that meant. Mm -hmm. But I I saw when it would hurt you and he would be like, think, think, if you couldn't get a math problem or something. And like, you know, I just saw it. And part of that, maybe it's the old soul trauma shit so I can see how things work and see how people respond to things. But I just started to think to myself, like, I don't think... There's certain people in this world that are out to get you. There's, there are. There's certain mm-hmm. just haters. I don't consider my mother and my sister those things. So what can I do? Because my, it's so corny, but mom always says it. You only have one sister. <laughs> and that's the truth. I started yeah. to think about, like, life is not guaranteed and so if something happened to you and we were still dealing with this, mm-hmm. how would how would I move on from that? Yeah. You know, and, and then when you were getting married, did get married, and you asked me to be your maid of honor, I was honestly shocked. What? I know. I was shocked because I had always assumed it would have been, you know, Marita or Jimmy or somebody who you, you know, I don't I don't know. I was but but when you did do that, I thought, okay. Okay. Did you not feel a shift in our 
relationship prior to me being engaged? I felt you trying to shift it, but I felt I was still nervous about it. Mm. I was still nervous about opening myself up to you in that way and possibly you not showing up again. Because I thought if she does this again, that's going to really hurt. Right. And I felt it because I felt... I felt you like, so I started feeling like you would be like, oh, it feels fake. And I'm like, it does feel fake to me too, because I don't know how to approach you because it was awkward. Yeah, You had put a wall up. I would go to hug you and you would push me away. And I was like, damn. And you would joke about it, but you had a physical response to me trying to hug you. And it was hard because it was like, all right, I'm doing this. And we live together. And we live together. But I think, well, okay. There's so many things about that. I think... (laughs) Me moving out has helped us. I think, I, yes. but I do think we started to get closer before that. You I did. think, I think, I think your husband so helped many, you. I was just about to say, Dennis. I think he. I will never forget the day, and it was like the light bulb. I mean, there's so many light bulbs that have just kind of like and and have just totally shifted my way of thinking um, that he has provided for me. But one of the things I was talking to him about us, and we had we had just had a fight. And I me was, and you, me and you, surprise. We just had a fight, and I was like going in and I'm like she always does this and she always this and she always says that and I'm trying to this and she always this and she always and he just sat there and he then he was quiet and then he was like you know I'm not trying to invalidate your feelings that was the other thing so just to put that out there I have never felt like my feelings were validated for whatever reason I always felt like I didn't validate not them. just from you not just from but you. I'm saying on my part I didn't yeah I know I did that was a huge mistake and I, I didn't when I tell you Dennis the, he said, I'll never forget. It It literally, it healed so much pain when he said to me, he said, and this had nothing to do with you. This was just me talking about whatever. I don't even remember really what the conversation was. He said to me, he said, you're not crazy. Your feelings are valid. You're not crazy. And like, I have really... I I was thinking, like, I'm crazy. I'm too emotional. I'm crazy. And living like that will make you crazy. Like, literally, you will start to feel crazy because you don't feel like your emotions or how you feel about things matter or that you're too emotional or that you're whatever. And I always felt like, that, you know, and I was constantly being told that in my relationships, kind of from my parents, from you. Me. And it was just like, I'm I'm losing it. And when he said that, I was like... It almost was like I took a deep fucking breath and I was like, oh, okay. And so I started to trust him enough that when we got to the point of you and I having this fight and he said, you know, he said, I'm not saying your feelings about it aren't valid. He said, but you just said she always, maybe 20 times. And he goes, I can't help but to think that you're dealing with her from a place that is Many years ago, he's like, are you actually dealing with her with for, for who she is right now in this moment? Or are you dealing with past stuff? Neither one of us was. We weren't. And so he said to me, he said, what would happen if the next time she does something that seems like she always, if you just take a second, just don't respond, take count to 10, don't respond. And I was just like, at first I was like, no, this is okay. Therapy. Are you my therapist? What do you know? Nobody you know, like, counted 10. Like, Fuck now you your wanna, 10. Yeah. So the next time we had a moment, you said something to me and I felt dismissed. And it would have normally. That was my. It that was what I did to you. Yeah. It would have. That was oh, bad. Yeah. I dismissed a you lot, a lot. A lot. But. <laughs> a lot. But I you. Did. You said something to me. I don't remember what it was, but it was dismissive. It felt dismissive to me. And I, it normally would have set me off. And I took a deep breath and I started counting to 10. You have been mom. And I know, because I am, I am her. And I started counting to 10. And you looked at me and you were like, 
did I say something that bothered you just now? And I almost <laughs> wanted to cry. It was like, oh, like Eureka, like that was the moment. Like if I just didn't react, if I just gave you the opportunity to have a different response, if I gave you the opportunity to see me for who I am now too, not the person that needs to react all the time. Because I genuinely, sometimes shit be triggering you baby and, and I you're don't like know. I don't even like, know what, what you're the... t- I know I know and hell so, are you talking about and, and I and I and I was like yeah I just I just felt like what you said was dismissive and you're like oh I did I'm sorry and I'm like oh my god and you got a sorry like, real fast a, like oh, in a moment we just we just figured something out there and that like that was huge that was like oh shit but I think me moving out too I think we've I think you and I even though I'm the quieter version, I think we have big personalities in our own ways mm-hmm. where we need things to be a certain way. We're also very specific about what we like. And just us being up on top of each other, it just made us act like we were kids. Like we just kept replaying the same scenarios over and over and over I again. I think that is golden, what he said. I think that for everybody listening, I think that especially with family, mm. to try to deal with them in the present Mm -hmm. in that moment you have to deal with the past stuff you have to eventually talk about it and we've had many a conversation most of the time it's us driving back from philly together coming back to new york Mm -hmm. and you you know drop me off or something like that where we're like forced to be together and we start talking about stuff Mm -hmm. um and yeah i i didn't feel like i was ever Sometimes I even had would even say to you and mom, like, you do realize I'm 30 now or I'm 31 now. Like, you guys, oh, you know her. She never did. And it's like, actually, I'm a whole other mm-hmm. person now mm-hmm. because so much time has transpired and y'all kind of have not been a part of certain aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that I think the compassion trying to understand someone else's narrative is super important because and recognizing that you might not even agree with that narrative, right. but if you have compassion for it and mm-hmm. you try to have some kind of understanding and you try to see their side of it, it helps to inform. It helps to inform me of how to even deal with you sometimes, or how right. to even approach something with you. Where like I might have just not even thought about it and just been like, "Girl, that's easy. Figure it out." And that might have triggered you to be like, "Oh, you think I'm fucking stupid." Right, because that's my trigger, because it goes back to childhood. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think you were more aware of my triggers. Yeah. You were very aware of my triggers. I was not. I, was, I walked on eggshells oh, around them a little bit. A yeah. little bit. A little um, bit. But I think the other thing that I think, and I, I have to bring this up, speaking of triggers, but you going through the relationship that you went through that was emotionally abusive changed our dynamic in a lot of ways. Okay, yes. Because that, to me, was the first time you showed up Mm. for me. That, to me, I will never forget that feeling of of feeling... That was the first time I had ever lost myself. Mm -hmm. Like, really lost myself. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, this is how she's been saying she's felt her entire life. Mm. This is fucking bananas. Like, this is too much for me to even deal with for the year that I've dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's saying that she's been never feet firmly planted anywhere or feeling like that. And then I will, you, you know that I was physically ill. Yeah. 
when that stuff transpired. Mm-hmm. And then I remember being in the living room. I don't remember even how I told you. I kind of blacked out. But I remember just falling to my knees of like, I don't know what to do or what I've done. I've quit my job. I've lost my friends. Mm-hmm. I've done so many things to just please this man. And I feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And I feel so foolish. And I, for the first time, looked up and you were there. When you first told me, you're saying you're blacked out, but when you first told me, you were very guarded. And I remember that. I remember thinking, she's not okay, but she doesn't know how to... I haven't I made it okay for her to be vulnerable with yeah. me yet. And I remember going into the bathroom and calling out of work and coming back in and just sitting there. And eventually, it just poured I out fell. of you. And I, But I'm saying, like, that was the first time that you had... At least to me. Yeah. I know it wasn't. But that was the first time for me. In the way that you needed it. That you had prioritized me. Mm -hmm. And and that changed a lot. Like, you stayed with me that day. You didn't push. but you And I could tell you didn't quite know how to be there. But you were just like, I'm just going to be physically present. Mm -hmm. And um, that night, I remember... When we we did start talking about things, and I remember you saying to me, you know, you felt like people don't show up for you. He's like, people yeah. people don't show up for me, and you kept saying people don't show up for me, and I was like, okay, take me out of it. I'm not saying I'm not defending myself. I'm not saying I do. I'm not saying anything. I said, and I started listing all of your friends. It's like you got to change that narrative. That's not true. And I started listing all your Shanti friends. Shanti tells me that all the time. Yeah, and it just mm-hmm. it just completely like broke you open and oh the we, night that I found out what night the night that the night that I stayed here because we that was the night you that got I, you got upset with me that night because <laughs> I texted him uh-huh. and then he had responded I texted him that I was disappointed in him and blah blah, uh-huh. blah blah and he responded back and I was just like I'm not responding and you wanted me to like go in on him I'm I like, wanted Internet. you to curse him the fuck no. Out. Because in my wanted. head, I'm like, That was Girl. the support I wanted. I, right. And you got pissed at me. You're like, you don't have my back. And I'm like, whoa, like, you don't need me to do that. Like, uh, let me just better. deal with you. You don't need me to curse. That was the back alley. I, I said, you right? I'm like, back but this alley, don't need to be the back alley. In my head, in my head, I was like, um, you might get back together with him. No. We don't know how this is about to go I down. I knew it was over. And I need to be as close to this situation as possible. Because if I curse him out, there ain't no way. I'm going to know what's going on after this. You know what I mean? It was just like, but, but also that night, that night was healing in a lot of ways. It Cause it was just like, he, that God bless that relationship has cracked me open in mm-hmm. so many ways mm-hmm. of like, okay, Antoinette, you got to deal with your shit. You got to deal with your shit with your sister. You got to recreate narratives. You got to deal with your shit and who, who the, who the people are that you're attracting, who you're attracting, like everything. But that was genuinely the first night that I felt like you were like, okay, I got your back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, from there on out, I slowly started to give you more mm-hmm. of like, let me see what she does with it. Because I was still scared. I yeah. still felt like, I don't know if she's going to fumble this ball. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. And that's just, you know, the the honest thing. And then that was partly why at the wedding I broke down when you you know, in your vows said to Dennis, like, you made me a better sister. And I just lost it because I thought to myself, it's so true. Yeah. It's so true 
it like the le- the because our stuff was deeply rooted, yeah, very deeply rooted, and I just never thought that we were gonna have this kind of relationship. They can still get stronger, right? Yeah, I mean, but but we're aware of it, and I feel like. <laughs> Like we said earlier when we were joking, I'm, I think we're aware of our differences now and we are more accepting of them and less judgmental of them. And like we are, we're willing to talk like I, I had been wanting to talk, but I didn't know I didn't have the language for it. And and so it just we just kept going in circles when we would talk about things. But you also just, are at a place now, too, where there are certain things that you're willing to own without you, I think, owning that you're a bad person. Yes. Like you're able to be like, that was a mistake. Yeah. And before, I f- I, it felt like if I said something to you, you felt like I was condemning you. Like, you're a shit person in that general. That was that white woman. Yeah, and it was like, that's that not was, what those, I'm those saying. Those white tears. Yeah, it was that perspective of like, don't say I'm a bad person because... But I uh, but I'll, I felt like a shit person anyway, so it was just like, I can't take any more of this because mm-hmm. I was so... Low. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, what are the takeaways? Like, I think, I'm serious. Like, the takeaways for me are, what I have learned is to move with compassion. Mm-hmm. And this works for me, to try to understand why people move the way. That, you're not always going to understand it. And mm-hmm. when you don't, it's best to just steer clear. Mm-hmm. But if it's, if it's somebody that you feel like is worth it, you mm-hmm. know, I think it's worth it to try to understand what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, humanizing them in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. I also think being honest, um, but being honest in a loving way and not a judgmental way. So like something that I've been telling a lot of my friends that I read that I think is very helpful, when I get into a disagreement with someone and I'm t- talking to them about it, I touch them. Mm. It's very hard to argue or yell, or say something very mean Mm. if you're physically touching that person. Mm. Um, So just practicing those kinds of things of like, how do I say this with love? How do I say this with the intention of solving something and not being right? Yeah. Um, And I did not do that growing up. I know that. I wanted to be right. Mm -hmm. Um, Me too. Yeah. And then also just... Allowing yourself the space to do it, you you know, on your time. Because ha- I don't think we were equipped to have these kind of conversations five years ago. It wouldn't have happened, I don't think. It would have went real left real quick, I think. Yeah. I mean, th- that counting to ten thing, that sounds really corny, but like... We were we were just talking about this earlier. How I yes. have I have lack of patience and and I'm <laughs> I'm reactive or I have been reactive. I'm much less reactive and much more patient. I think a lot of that has to do with work that I've done, and then also my current my my husband just kind of really like ha- him having the ability to articulate certain things and put things in words. Well, he's a Libra too. He's a Libra, but his his so mom is also me. his mom is a, was also a therapist, so he has oh, language behind it. Like one of the things that he introduced to me was this idea of being addicted to shame. And when he said that to me, it was a, that was a light bulb like, "Whoa. Yeah, like I didn't have the words for that. I didn't know 
I didn't know what that was, but I knew that it, it was right. Like when he said it, I was like, yeah, I do that. But I didn't have the language. And when, when you don't have the language, sometimes you're, you're incredibly handicapped in your ability to solve things or, you know, deal with anything emotionally with somebody that you love. But I think the takeaway for me is like the, 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 taking, the taking the second and, and also thinking about who you're in the relationship with. And like in this case, you're my sister, so... If we're on the same team, the goal is to find resolution and love and come to that point. It's not to it's not to be at odds. So it's not to win. So if it's not to win, if it's if we're on the same team, then it's like, all right, well, if you if you pass me a ball and, and that ball is, hey, these are the things that you did that really hurt me, right. then what do I do with that ball now? What am I gonna do with it? How am I gonna analyze it, look at it and, and think about how I can now respond in a way that's loving and productive and you know if there was something that I needed from you it was probably to see in the moments where I was trying to be close to you to see that I was making the attempt and to I guess because there were times where I felt like it wasn't like the cool way. <laughs> I just felt like you looked at me like, you're so corny and I don't want to talk to you. And like, it just felt like the dismissiveness really. Dismissive. Yeah. To give me the opportunity to be myself in the way that I show up and, and love you and for you to be, be able to communicate like, Hey, that, that's cool. But like, I like it like this. Like if you could do this instead, you know, cause everybody has a different love language. Um, but it just felt like at some points, like I'd, the dismissiveness made it impossible. Like you were impenetrable. Mm-hmm. Just for that, I think when folks are trying to make the shift, it's very hard. I don't like passive aggressive things. Mm-hmm. And so some of that felt passive aggressive of like, you trying to make this shift without the conversation, without the acknowledgement of all the shit between us. Like why are we just hugging out of nowhere? We have not squashed the things yeah. that are existing between us. And so, so then I wish you gave me space to have the conversation because exactly. you didn't want to talk about it a lot of times. Nope. You'd be I like, did. I don't want to talk about it. You literally would say, I don't want to talk about it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, we're how the hell? Well, you know, I don't know how to get past anything then. I can't hug you. We can't talk about it. So I'm just going to be over here. Right. And it, it wasn't as simple as I'm going to just be over here. Or maybe for you to be able to say, I wish I was, I wish I was there, but I'm not there yet. Yet. And maybe That's I will good. be there, but I'm not. Because I want to honor also where you're at. If you're not there yet, if you're not ready to talk about it, and you're also can, not ready to, have to be able to say, I love you, but I'm just not That's there That's very yet. important because when people are going into, if, if y'all are listening to this and you're thinking, I got to call my auntie or I got to call this person, I got to call whoever, you have to acknowledge the fact that you might be the only person in that space mm-hmm. ready and willing and able. Mm-hmm. And it's not, that's not a rejection that's just a, I don't have the capacity or I don't have the tools yet mm-hmm. or I don't have the space for this right now or I don't even, I don't have the energy. I'm burnt out. I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a real thing. But I think that it's always important to give people reassurance and to give them the why of like, listen, not now, mm-hmm. maybe later. But right. Not just like, nah, I'm good. Unless you're just all the way good. And then tell them that like there's no chance in hell that we're going to fix this. Mm-hmm. And that way they do what they must with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy because 
and this is not to just be like, but we were, we also had a good childhood, but we did have a lot of, like, we also have a lot of fond memories. Yes. And the idea that, that was the other thing. Like, we had this, we were saying we were, we're not close. Like, we're not close. And people would be like, what do you mean y'all not close? I'm like, well, we we're didn't, not. We weren't spiritually connected. Close. Right. Right. So we were we up would, under each other. We were up under the, each other. And we have done a lot of things together. together. We have had a lot of childhood experiences, adult experiences together, but... There has always been this spiritual disconnect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because of all the junk that mm-hmm. has been in the way, and our own spiritual work, personal spiritual work, spiritual work we've had to do before we got to our collective. Agreed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> child, we about two hours in talking. I know these people are like, I didn't. I am at work trying to type. I was not here for all this. But wait, you're a guest. Um, I'm going to change the pace a little bit. And every guest, we like to have rapid fire questions. And I always listen you to listen, this and think, so you know the rapid I, fire both questions. Both of them. Okay, got it. I can only say one, right? You can only say one and don't take uh, forever because Shanti doesn't like that. Okay. All right. Malcolm or Martin? Malcolm. Generational wealth or familial happiness? Familial happiness. <laughs> <laughs> J versus Nas. J. Mac or Sephora? Sephora. Palestine or Israel? Palestine. In the light or in the dark? In the dark. Prince or Michael? Prince. Whoa. I know. That is we got to talk about that later. Shift. I'm an adult now. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Shit, I know. I can't even believe that came my out of my mouth. fucking mind. I know. Sweet or savory? Savory. Marriage or long term commitment? Marriage. Trader Joe's or Whole Foods? Whole Foods. Bougie. <laughs> Family or career? Family. A seat at the table or lemonade? Lemonade. <laughs> My girl. <laughs> Evolution or creationism? <sighs> Evolution. Oh. I don't know, actually, but go ahead. <laughs> Both. Go. Nikki or Cardi? Cardi. Mish... I don't want to know this. Missionary or doggy style? Missionary. We don't talk about sex. Oh, Protection God. or pull out in prayer? Protection. Thank God. Pro-life or pro-choice? Pro-choice. Um, is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one mic? Uchi Wally Wally. <laughs> Thought. Love Jones or Jason's Lyric? Love Jones. Sir or Rumi? <laughs> Ruby. <laughs> Make your man a plate or get his own. Make him a plate. Nuck if you buck or Annie up. Nuck if you buck. 9-11, inside job or terrorist attack? Inside job. Rihanna or Beyonce? Beyonce. Biggie or Pac? Pac. The philosophy of Killmonger or the Black Panther? The Black Panther. I have to add one more for you. Michael Jackson or Janet Jackson? Oh, God. Janet Jackson. Oh, okay. Last one. Yeah. Money and dicks <laughs> or love and light? Love and light. Oh, uh, that's corny. <laughs> all right. So now you know about all my, all our business. This is the drama, honey. I hope that this was helpful for folks. We were definitely vulnerable on this podcast. Mm. Uh, we'll try to lighten it up next week. Maybe, possibly. Who knows? <laughs> um, thank you, Tina. Is there anything else you would like to say 
Anything no, else you'd like to I, plug? We need to have you back so you can actually talk about who you are. No, well, you know. <laughs> and your work. My sister is actually leaving to go film a movie, and it's going to be three movies. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> She'll be gone for a month. So, anyway. No, I just want to say that I'm very proud of you, oh. and I'm very proud of the work you are doing with this podcast, okay. and for women, and you and Shanti, and Please I'll stop. leave it at that, but I, I love you very much. I love Thank you, you for too. having me on. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and with that, we out. Oh, I'm so proud of you. No, <laughs> Shanti don't even do that. Oh, child. Is this done? You have just heard an Around the Wave Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Wave Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. Turn the music up too. Nobody wins when the family feels, but my stash can't fit in the Steve Harvey suit. I'm clear why I'm here. How about you? Ain't no such thing as an ugly billionaire. I'm cute. What's better than one billionaire? Two? I'll be damned if I drink some Belvedere while Puff got Sharaka. I need to stop.